ticky tacker or Roscommon Xavi and Iniesta tipping the ball back and forth Galway or Lotford are heading Roscommon at this but Roscommon as Jer said are going to do damage in this championship Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts OTB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now Let's go to Greece sweaty Greece Paul O'Hare good morning to you how are you? How's it going, Chair? Sweaty grease. Oh my God. What's How the- are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Well, you know, we're Irish, we're obsessed with weather. What's the weather like? Well, that's the thing, like, it's, it's, it's been the big kind of talking point, hasn't it? Like, between Turkish training camp and, and coming over here. Yes, it is hot, but I do think, um, I do think the kind of reports of the, the oven-like conditions that the game is going to be played in tomorrow night, I think, are going to be a bit wide of the mark. It's, it's, um, you know, the temperatures are probably in and around 30 degrees during the day here in Athens. Um, but last certainly last night, um, it was probably in and around maybe the 20 degree mark, 21 degrees, and wasn't particularly humid. There was a fair breeze blowing through the city. So I don't think it's going to be like the, the kickoff time over here tomorrow night is going to be 9.45 p.m. We're two hours ahead. Um, so by 9.45 last night, you know, it absolutely wasn't remotely kind of overbearing or... Now, that's kind of sitting outside having a bite to eat. It's not running around the pitch. Um, so, look, it will be, it'll be testing, but I don't think it'll be overly taxing, but maybe famous last words. Yeah, I think there was a possibility for 40 degrees when the draw was made that, like, you, you know, European weather is completely unpredictable, as we know. And there's going to be long portions of summers now which are completely uh, unsafe to go out in. And that hasn't been the case. So this all looks like it's... It's been well managed so far up to this point. The the uh, pre-match conditioning has largely taken care of any negativity that there might have been around us playing a warm weather match in June. Yeah, I think so, and I think I think Stephen Kenny he kind of he didn't come out and say it as such, but kind of alluded to it during the week uh, when we were in Turkey last week at the training camp. So if you think back to last June, um, Ireland played four Nations League games and the first of them was over in Yerevan in Armenia. And now that was properly, like that was seriously hot. Um, and the game was also an earlier kickoff. Um, it, it was it was really, really stifling. And Ireland lost that game. And, you know, they kind of picked up a little bit during that summer window and they got the win over Scotland and the draw away to Ukraine and Poland. And, so they, they finished the window with a bit of, of flourish, but you, you can just sense that that Armenia game still kind of haunts Stephen Kenny a little bit. Um, and perhaps he learned, I think he learned lessons for, in terms of the preparation and in terms of the weather. Um, so they went off to Turkey for the guts of eight, nine days. And it was like it was warm in Turkey now. It felt warmer even at night. It felt warmer in Turkey than it has done here in Athens. But, you know, just pros and cons to being away for eight, nine days. Um, the fact that the championship season obviously finished so early in May and a lot of the players just haven't had a game in the guts of five or six weeks. It was good to get everybody back in training together. On the flip side of that, you're kind of, I was going to say you're cooped up in a hotel, but they're not, they weren't exactly cooped up in a hotel. The, the team hotel was pretty plush and nice and there was plenty plenty to do. There was no swimming pools. There was, you know, the, the players could go off playing golf and they were doing water polo. They, they did all sorts of different things to keep themselves occupied. Um, but that's the kind of the catch-22 of organising those training camps. The, the boredom set in. But certainly from the interviews that we were doing over there, the, 
the vibe around the team certainly seemed to suggest that it was a well a well worth uh, a, a very useful exercise, you know, yes. in terms of getting away for those eight nine days. So there's no, I think the lessons were learned from January last year. I know, or from June last year. I know that uh, people watching and listening will be like, well, of course they're going to tell you everything is grand, but actually, when you're in a place with a large group, you can tell from looking at them, is this group happy in each other's company, or is there tension? Are they bored? Like I think of the the uh, Euros and the amount of time that the um, under trap where everybody they just just they looked a little bit bored. There was rumours of stuff happening of like you know it, stuff seeps out. So the stuff seeping out it seems like is most people seem to be happy enough in each other's company. Yeah, for sure. Look, I, I remember back in two thousand and twelve, um, Euro two thousand twelve in Poland and Ukraine. Ireland went to Italy for a ten day training camp in Montecatini. Um, uh, a, sort of a place that Trapadoni had brought his, I think his former Juventus team to and um, it was just kind of it was almost like a semi-retirement home it was that sleepy it was such a sleepy old village and the players players we were there for we got to 10 or 11 days and you'd often bump into players out sort of walking around the town in the evening and you know they were bored out of their minds basically um, and there was a lot I think Trap really really overdid the training sessions in Montecatini there would have been a lot of double sessions um, a lot of a lot of sort of serious uh, serious training in, in very very hot temperatures whereas the interesting thing from Stephen Kenny's point of view in Turkey last week was that while um, it was important to get the squad together having uh, you know the vast majority of them haven't played football in five or six weeks as I was saying um he didn't do double training sessions, which I thought was interesting. Not 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 suggesting he should have, but he, they were they trained early in the mornings. They were usually at the training ground by about nine o'clock. Uh, training ground was only about a three or four minute bus ride from their from their hotel, and they were well out of the town, the, the sort of the resort area. So they they were kind of locked away in their own sort of isolated area. And the training ground was the same training ground that Martin O'Neill used uh, in 2018 when we were here, when we were in Antalya as well, the, the, the game that Declan Rice made his Ireland debut in and was uh, crying in the mix zone um, afterwards because he was so emotional about it all. Um, but yeah, Kenny was just, Kenny was, there, there were single training sessions each day in Turkey. So they, they were, they were sharp, they were intensive according to the players and to the coaches that we bumped into around the team hotel and in some of the media interviews we did. But they weren't overworked is, is certainly the sense that we would have got. Um, they had been looking to play they had been looking to play a sort of a, a game um, in Turkey, um, but that didn't materialise. They were looking for teams in the region, didn't materialise. So they played an 11 v 11, 70 minute match against each other um, on Saturday, just before the Champions League final. They tried to play the game as late as possible in the evening to kind of replicate the kickoff time in, in Athens. But uh, they, they were they were only playing 70 minutes, so they could get back and watch the watch the Champions League final. In terms of the decision making Stephen Kenny has to make Paul with uh, team selection like how important is is picking players that have played football relatively recently I guess from an attacking sense we were chatting to Vinnie Perth in studio yesterday and in terms of who's off or behind Evan Ferguson you have options there in terms of Obafemi or, or Will Smallbone Mikey Johnston is an option as well do you know what way Stephen Kenny might be leaning in that sense in an attacking sense? We don't really, as such, um, like the, Kenny's formations are fairly fluid, and you know, you, 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 three four three, three five two, um, and a lot of Kenny's selection uh, issues are kind of formation dependent as well, and particularly in those tacking areas. 
Um, but look, he, he does have a lot of he does have a lot of decisions to make. Um, I think it's absolutely nailed on that Evan Ferguson starts. He has to start, and he will. Um, it's just a matter of who who kind of plays off him. You would have uh, Michael Obafemi uh, certainly in the mix. You'd have Adam Ida, who Kenny Kenny's always been a big big fan of, and and you know don't forget Ida. Adam Ida didn't play a single game for Ireland in 2022 because of his injury problems. Um, and Kenny Kenny has just been such a big fan of of Ida, and you know he's got such a prolific scoring rate for Irish underage teams. Um, so Kenny's a big fan of his. You've got Troy Parrott in the mix as well. Um, I wouldn't be necessarily too swayed by the fact that Troy Parrish was put up for interviews during the week. It's not always an indication of um, of Kenny's thinking in terms of team selection. Um, Michael Obafemi was actually down to do media stuff with us at the training ground in Turkey the other day, along with Callum O'Dowda. But um, in, the, in the couple of minutes from the end of the training session to when he was walking over to us at the side of the pitch. We were sort of higher up in the stands, um, up near the press working area. He was being brought up there. But uh, whatever happened um, between himself and conversations with either the management team or the FBI communications team, Michael Obafemi pulled out of those interviews. Uh, we weren't really given any reason as to why, and Troy Parrish was sort of added in as a last-minute sub. Um, Troy, obviously, you know, Troy didn't Troy didn't make the matchday squad in the end for the France game. He was in the initial squad, but he wasn't in the matchday squad, although he did admit to us the other day that he probably wasn't at his fittest for that, so that may be a reasoning. But um, I think, yeah, Evan Ferguson starts, and then it's it's one or other, I would say, of, of Michael Obafemi and Adam Ida. He loves, he loves Ida, and we haven't really spoken about what the formation would look like with Ida there. Um, can they... Can they both change? Are they because I think I'm trying to get to the point where they both seem like stereotypical number nines in many respects. But actually, they both have enough in their skill set to be able to do other things as well. How would they combine? How would Eden Ferguson combine? Well, that's the thing. Like you know, Kenny was talking to us the other day about how you know trying to make um, Evan Ferguson fit into. Ireland's system is is you know he he just sort of we were asking him about it and he just turns around and goes well that's my job to work out what the best uh, way of getting the best out of Evan Ferguson is because he's making the point that at Brighton the way Brighton play while Ferguson's notionally a centre forward he will drop so deep that he could end up he could end up on the halfway line because Brighton's two wingers play so high that they will draw the centre backs either side. And, you know, the, the centre-backs are occupied by the two high wingers. And then that creates the space for, for those wingers to play the ball into Ferguson, who'll make a who'll make a dash forward uh, into space. And that's where he's been sort of utilised for Brighton. Whether Ireland, you know, try and sort of mimic that a little bit more, I don't know. You would have seen in the France game, Ferguson kind of leading the line and he was kind of dropping deep a lot. Um, but that was probably to do with the nature of the opponents as well. I, I would personally like to see a little bit more of Ireland's rather than Ferguson dropping deep tomorrow to receive the to receive the ball I'd love to see Ireland's with maybe Ferguson on the front foot and maybe sort of playing a little bit higher up the pitch um, and Ida like yeah it's like Ida has been you know Kenny had, Kenny had tried him in a, in a couple of different positions you know prior to his injury um, in terms of maybe a sort of wider on the left but you know he, he is you're right in what you're saying in terms of they are a little bit similar in terms of 
out and out number nines. And maybe that's where Michael Obafemi comes into play because of, of his play, pace that he, he can play in behind Ferguson if Ferguson is going to drop a little bit deeper uh, to receive ball and maybe link a little bit, bit of play. But Obafemi's pace, like he's, he's just absolutely lightning, you know. As is Mikey Johnson, who's, who's down as one of the five forwards yeah. in, in the squad, you know. Well, when, he, like he is, he, he is essentially a winger, but he's down. He's down as a forward as such. So he, he thinks of himself in uh, any one of a number of different um, positions, judging from his own comments oh. and, and how happy he will be to play in those. And actually, the way you're describing Brighton, there, you could see Kenny thinking Mikey Johnson might be one of those players who plays and occupies the uh, the centre backs in that kind of in between space. So plenty for him to get his teeth into and, and stuck into. One other one that we just were unsure of: how fit is Darrow Shea? Yeah, well, that's like, you know, when Darrow Shea got that injury a while, a few months ago, you know, West Brom were pretty much ruling him out for the season. Um, now, he obviously did come back a little bit earlier than expected. That, that's, a, that's a selection call to make for Kenny as well. Um, if You you know, he, he does play three centre-backs, so you're, you're certainly looking at Nathan Collins on the right side. Um, you're looking at John Egan in the middle. And then Darrow Shea, like... Stephen Kenny is a huge fan of Darrow O'Shea's and O'Shea, you know, has, O'Shea has proved to be sort of versatile in, in being able to play in any of those positions across the back. Um, but that is the big selection call. There's no Andrew Oma Bamadeli here. There's no Shane Duffy here. Um, so Darrell Lenehan of Middlesbrough would be uh, possibly the next in line. He has been playing up until quite recently because Middlesbrough are in the playoffs. They got to the playoff semi-final. Um, and he's, 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 he's been playing every single week for, for Middlesbrough and has had a strong season. So I think that's the other big selection call, in my view, would be um, whether Kenny goes and trusts O'Shea despite the injury issues that he had um, and the fact that he doesn't have the same amount of games in his legs that Daryl Lenehan has. So that, yeah, that, that's, that's suddenly sort of a, a position that's come into sharper focus for Kenny. I know we, we, we generally spend uh, a lot of time in Irish media talking about uh, the starting team that Kenny opts opt with, but I guess when, when you're playing in heat, and I know you're saying you know, the heat mightn't be as big a factor as we thought, but the team you finish with is often the, the more important thing, Paul, as well, and the bench is going to be so key. I, I guess one aspect of that is the, the presumably straight choice between Odauda and James McLean, uh, wide left. Uh, and whoever doesn't get picked and presumably Odada is the number one choice but McLean is going to be very very important as well Yeah for sure Yeah, I think Callum O'Dowd is nailed on for that position um, Kenny Kenny bigs him up an awful lot every time he talks to us You know, he, he really really likes O'Dowd and I, we, we spoke to O'Dowd at the training ground the other day for interviews and he was making the point that he's um, he, you know, he really wants to make that position his own, and he, he feels that he's a sort of a natural fit in terms of his athletic ability. Um, but he did acknowledge that he's had to work on his sort of defensive side of his game because, you know, when he broke into the Ireland squad first under was it Martin O'Neill, I think. Um, he certainly would have played in a more advanced position. Um, but Kenny definitely really, really rates him um, as a wing back. Uh, you know, probably more from an attacking sense, maybe than defensively. James McLean will. Well, I'm certain. I'm pretty sure he'll have some sort of role to play because he's obviously on 98 caps. And if he if he's to even play 30 seconds on uh, on Friday night, he'll be in line to win his hundredth cap against Gibraltar on Monday night. And um, I'd be. Yeah, it's a funny one in a way because you'd be surprised if that wasn't in everyone's thinking. And you know, give give James McLean a big night and on Monday night, but then. If the game tomorrow night isn't going 
well for Ireland in any shape or form. Kenny's not he's not one for just dishing out caps. Um, and he said that before, whether it's newcomers who come along or uncapped players who might have been in a few squads and never got on, or goalkeepers, third choice goalkeepers being thrown on in friendlies. He's not one for really doing that too often. So I think things would want to be going reasonably well for Ireland. Um or you know, if it's if it's a tight, if it, if if it's if the game is level with sort of twenty minutes to go, and McLean is exactly that throw the kitchen sink kind of player that you see so often at Aviva Stadium when he comes on with twenty minutes to go, and Ireland are shooting into the south stand, and you know everyone's on the edge of their seats, and the place is the place is deafening. So I'd expect McLean to feature at some point. All right, Paul, we leave it there. Good stuff. Uh, enjoy the next forty-eight hours or so. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers, lads. Thank you. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.